You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 9th of November. I'm John Herfinan from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss recent developments in financial markets. Morning John. Inflation remains a prominent and continuing theme for the financial markets. In the last week, it was the contrasting performances of the Fed and the Bank of England have to the messaging around their approaches slash actions to dealing with inflation, which had many of the market commentators kind of exercised. Do you want to start off by giving us a little colour as to what went on with the Fed meeting and what did they announce? Yeah, so in terms of the Fed last week, it was very much along expected lines. And I suppose the Fed uh, highlighted how to communicate and pre-guide markets and how to follow through on those actions uh, without causing volatility. Uh, So basically, the November meeting of the Fed saw them taper their quantitative easing program at a reduction rate of 15 billion uh, per month. So this was very much along what they had guided uh, back in September. And indeed, over the summer, the Fed had been, you know, saying that an announcement was was coming soon on tapering. Uh, and then the previous meeting in September, they basically said to expect it in November. So they followed through on that. So now it's important to emphasize that tapering is not policy tightening. They're still making substantial rates of asset purchases per month. So they're still expanding their balance sheet. Uh, but nonetheless, it's the first step in towards turning uh, off the stimulus tap uh, and eventually then leading to some tightening uh, of policy. So it's significant in that cycle that that's happened now. But again, because the Fed had well communicated and well guided markets on this, it passed off, passed off without much uh, incidence in terms of market reaction from the dollar or, or US interest rates. And in relation to the Bank of England, um, they were out last week as well. How did how did that meeting go? What was kind of key takeaways? Yeah, so it was kind of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of reaction and guidance. So, you know, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. The Bank of England had turned more hawkish uh, over the last couple of months uh, and Governor given pretty clear signals around the need to uh, act to raise interest rates to curb rising inflation. So the market had been expecting potential for a rate hike this or last week from the Bank of England. Uh, and there was an opportunity for Bank of England uh, members to, in the lead up to the meeting, to quell those expectations because it was well already priced into contracts that the market had expected something this week. But that didn't happen. So the consensus was building towards, OK, the Bank of England could could hike. Uh, so it turned out they didn't hike. In fact, it was even more surprising that the Fed or that the Bank of England Governor Bailey, who one of the ones was the most hawkish in terms of his commentary, didn't even vote for, for a rate hike. So it was seven to two vote split to keep policy on hold. So this was a big surprise to markets. Uh, and in fact, in many ways, if you look at the commentary around it, markets uh, feel they were misled by the Bank of England in the lead up to the meeting. So we got a pretty volatile reaction. So when you look at the policy sensitive two-year guilt yield, that fell by around 20 basis points in the immediate aftermath uh, of the meeting and subsequent to that fell by around another 30. So in the last couple of days, that's fallen by 30 basis points. Uh, And then you saw the reaction too in sterling, uh, sterling weakened by about one and a half percent on the exchanges. So in level terms, if you take, for example, the euro sterling pair, uh, it went from below 85p, it was closer to 84.5p, but up through 85p, 
trading closer to the upper half of the 85 to 86p trading range. Likewise with cable, uh, in terms of sterling against the dollar, it went from being above 136 uh, down below to below 135. So, you know, we saw a pretty immediate reaction uh, and the markets felt misguided given that the Bank of England didn't follow through. But the Bank of England did state in their communications in the press conference that followed uh, that the market should expect interest rate increases. So what's pricing now from the market's perspective in terms of what the Bank of England are going to do in yeah, terms so- of interest rates? Where we are at the moment in terms of futures contracts, now there's been a bit of a shift, obviously, given what we happened the last day. But there's about a 25 basis points of rate hike priced in in terms of what's expected from the Bank of England by February of, of uh, next year. Uh, and then when you look further out along those contracts, along the strip out to the end, uh, you know, the market's now envisaging rates getting to 1% by the end of 2022. Interestingly, before the meeting last week, the market was pricing in rates getting towards 1.25%. So there's about 25 base points less of tightening priced in by the market now by the end of 22 compared to where there was uh, before the meeting. Uh, in contrast, in terms of what's expected from the Fed, so we talked there at the outset, you asked me about the Fed meeting outcome. You, the timeline for their tapering, so they gave us further guidance from the Fed's perspective of another announcement on tapering in December. Uh, and then they didn't really give anything further for the first half of next year. But the general view seems to be that the Fed could finish with their tapering and finish their new asset purchases by mid next year. So that would allow them then to start to hike rates in the second half of next year. And whilst Powell said uh, they could, they'll be patient on rates, you know, the market and where the Fed is probably is consistent with each other. And what's priced in there now is the market's expecting a rate hike from the Fed by September of next year. So that seems pretty consistent with the messaging from the Fed. And what did we hear, John? Sorry to interrupt you there, but what did we hear from Christine Lagarde and the ECB the previous week? Yeah, so the previous week... Uh, ECB was pretty adamant in terms of don't expect any rate hikes next year. Now, following that meeting, the market still was pricing in rate hikes next year. Subsequent to that meeting last week, President Lagarde was out again and she did all she could bar guarantee, which you'd never expect a central bank head to in terms of guidance. They always have to leave a little bit of flexibility in there. But she basically said it was highly unlikely that the conditions that are needed for the ECB to hike interest rates are likely to be met next year. Despite that, the market's still pricing in around 15 base points uh, of tightening next year, uh, despite what the ECB uh, president said. So our house view is, uh, given what the ECB has been out saying, uh, we're not likely to see any rate increases from the ECB next year. And, you know, what this is all in the context of is you mentioned there at the outset inflation. And what's happened has been obviously for much of last year, you know, the global economy key sectors were basically locked down because of the COVID-19 restrictions. And then we saw a sudden reopening of sectors quicker than expected uh, because of the buildup of, of pent-up demand uh, and the releasing of that pent-up demand. So supply has struggled to keep up with that. At the same time, then you've got supply chain disruptions. So central banks have had to get their head around, you know, the new trajectory for inflation. And we've seen inflation rates spike higher in the last couple of months. And initially, at the outset, when this trend started to emerge, central banks thought that as we got towards the end of this year into early next year, that inflation trajectory would start to fall back. 
But their reassessment now is that it's probably going to be the second half of next year before you start to see that inflationary pressures. And, you know, the key driver of that, apart from higher energy costs, is those uh, supply chain disruptions and the improvement in those disruptions and, and the easing in those disruptions is now expected not to really take hold till the second half of next year. So central banks have, have updated their expectations around inflation, but they still do see it falling back to in the second half of, of next year, but later than they previously thought. So they're still generally of the view that it will be transitory, but it's just the timeline of that uh, is going to be the second half of next year, more likely. Uh, obviously, the Bank of England seems much more concerned about inflation, hence their more hawkish rhetoric and the expectation that they will be the first of those three central banks we mentioned to hike in the first quarter of next year. But from an ECB perspective, President Lagarde has been pretty clear not to expect anything in terms of rate increases uh, from the ECB in, in 2022. And John, when you step back and look at it all, you're seeing a kind of a calm kind of tone being set from uh, Powell and the Fed. Lagarde is saying very much in that strong language of it's very unlikely to be doing anything. And taking Bailey's comments aside, the market is definitely seeing rate rises happening in the UK next year on some degree or level. What does that kind of feed into for you and the team there in relation to trying to forecast what might happen with euro sterling and euro dollar? So what we saw last week is obviously, you know, sterling is much more reactive now, uh, given that the Bank of England failed to follow through on, on its hawkish rhetoric in the lead up to the meeting. And we saw that reaction from sterling. So there's, there's plenty of scope now for further bouts of volatility in markets, especially in relation uh, to sterling, because you still have that uncertainty around the Bank of England. Probably less so from a Fed's perspective, because the market and what the Fed themselves are guiding is much more closely aligned. But you do have potential volatility with the euro too. Like the ECB is saying nothing is going to happen next year in terms of rate increases, whereas the market's still expecting, albeit modest, 15 basis points of tightening. So as I said, there's plenty of scope for volatility. And this will probably remain the case because it's going to take some time before it becomes clear whether or not the rise in inflation is temporary. And this is what's driving the more hawkish rhetoric and pricing in from markets. It's this inflationary backdrop. So the trend in energy prices in particular will be important from this perspective of what's happening in inflation. And over the next while, as we lead up to, you know, the next couple of Bank of England meetings from a sterling perspective, you're likely to see, you know, ongoing potential reactiveness and volatility uh, from sterling on that side. But in terms of the specific pairs then and what to expect. Uh, so our house view is that we'd probably see the euro lose some ground against sterling and the dollar. Uh, as we move into next year, as those central bank raise interest rates, whereas uh, what the ECB is saying, don't expect anything from the ECB in, in 2022. So on that basis, you know, where euro dollar is at the moment above uh, 115, you probably start to see it trading down towards the midpoint of a trading range around the 114 level uh, as we get into the first half of next year. Uh, and from a euro sterling viewpoint, if you think where we are at the moment, we're above 85p. But just be, that's only in the last couple of days. Before that, we were kind of down below that 85p level. So we think that euro sterling 
probably gets down towards 84, 80, 83p as the Bank of, Bank of England is the first of the central banks to hike interest rates and that offers some support to, to sterling versus where the ECB from a euro perspective is on hold next year. So some modest weakening of the euro against sterling and the dollar uh, in 2022, given the respective different trajectories and, and tightening cycles, rate hike timing from the central banks there. And one last question for you, John. Do you see any data releases this week in particular that customers should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, so, well, there's from the UK, we get Q3 GDP. So this is important because it confirms, it will confirm what the survey data tells us, uh, that the UK recovery lost some momentum uh, in the third quarter. In the second quarter, very strong growth of 5.5% on a quarterly basis. Uh, the market this week is expecting growth below 2% in Q3. And, and that's on the back of, if you think over the last couple of months, what we saw in the UK was rising COVID numbers again. At the same time, headwinds and challenges to activity from the supply chain disruptions. So both of those are expected to weigh somewhat on growth. So the economy will still grow. But there has been a lost momentum in the UK economy uh, compared to the second quarter. So we expect the first reading of Q3 GDP to confirm that this week. Uh, and aside from that, it's pretty quiet data-wise, uh, but the other main highlight to keep an eye out for is in the US CPI inflation data uh, for October. And we expect a further rise there in US inflation, headline inflation, close to 6% is what the market's uh, penciling in. But from a reaction in terms of currencies, unless any of those releases surprise significantly versus expectations, we don't expect a huge reaction on the currency markets. Where currency markets are going to be more reactive now is what we're hearing from the central banks in terms of the speeches that are given in the lead up to their next meeting. So the next meetings from all those central banks happen, uh, I think, around the 16th, 17th of December. And that's when we get further guidance and the market, for, especially from a Bank of England perspective, would be looking to see what the bank guides around the interest rate trajectory there, given what we saw in last week's meeting. OK, many thanks, John, for the update. And a big thank you to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Take care and good luck. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.